Hey, everybody, this is episode 34 of Artist Soapbox. Hello, and welcome to Artist Soapbox, a podcast featuring triangle area artists talking about their work, their plans, their manifestos. I am Tamara Kassane. In this episode, I'm talking with Maxine Elois, actor, director, and filmmaker. Classically trained at Boston University and the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Arts, Maxine has continued to pursue her creative passions through film and theater and has also become an advocate for social justice through the arts. Her recent film credits include The Last in Line, Blue Crossing, Roll Pin Punch, and Diamond, to name a few. Maxine is also a company member at Theater Delta and Little Green Pig Theatrical Concern. Maxine's work provokes audiences to discuss and engage in ideas of social progress, wellness, and justice, as seen through her roles in Aghast and as a company member in Theater Delta, Interactive Theater for Social Change. Sunday Funday, which discusses social and environmental issues, has recently screened at film festivals around the globe. Maxine is currently in pre-production for Off Ramp and continues to write, act, and create other film, television, and theater projects. In this episode, we talk about Maxine ramping up her career in film and theater in North Carolina, the differences between film and theater acting, some of her many projects, mixed martial arts, and much more. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Maxine. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Tamara. When we spoke on the phone, you mentioned that you moved back to North Carolina two years ago after attending school in Boston and living in L.A., and one of the questions that you asked yourself was, what am I going to do in North Carolina as an actress? What were your concerns, and how's that gone for you? So, yeah, I mean, a little bit of backstory on that. So, you know, I graduated from college, went to Boston University, super blessed to have my education there. And, um, you know, wanting to be part of the film industry, I was like, let me go to L.A. and see how it goes. And I was super excited about it. It definitely had its ups and downs when I had to make the decision and move to North Carolina. I was trying to get out of a toxic situation. And so when I first moved here, I was like having basically an existential crisis. I was like going through all this stuff that I would wish I could have done and things I should have done differently and healing from the, the pain and all of that kind of stuff. I, you know, didn't really know what I was going to do. I thought I was going to like take a pit stop here, like maybe go to New York, maybe go back to LA, like, you know, something like that. Once I kind of um, started to get out of that fog, I was like, okay, well, if you're going to be here for, you know, a little while, a couple months, whatever, you need to do something. You need to do something creative. Like, you need to get your craft back up and running. And so I just started Googling, like, what did people in North Carolina do for, you know, theater and film? And prior to me moving here, um, North Carolina had had a bit of a reputation in the film industry for being a great place for filmmakers and a you know beautiful locations and there's been a couple of different movies and television shows that were shot here, um, but you know a lot of that got taken down to Atlanta and a yes. lot of that got pull, or pulled up to New York or wherever you know they just lost a lot of film stuff but there are still people here who want to make movies and who want to make shows and want to create and there's people who have those skill sets right so. I kind of just like was Googling around and like saw this like triangle filmmaking thing. And I was like, oh, that looks kind of cool. 
And it was like a networking event. Some people there kind of told me, hey, you should look on this board. There are castings and stuff like that. And I was like, cool, good to know. And when I was on there, I'd seen um, this like open casting at Man Bites Dog Theater. Um, they do this like triangle, like wide thing. So that was my first audition in North Carolina. I don't know how many people they saw that day. And there were about like 50 directors and uh, producers, theater makers in the audience. Out of that experience, it kind of has like snowballed and rolled into this beautiful like network of people that I've met and been able to work with. Like that's how I got connected with Little Green Pig. And like they have been so gracious and so good to me and have opened me up to a lot of like the theater in the area. But that's kind of where it started with me was like initially thinking there was like kind of nothing really going on here. I have to kind of move eventually and make moves somewhere else to a bigger market. And um, once I kind of started reaching out into this market and realizing that there was stuff here, I kind of just got hooked. Yeah. It seems like you've been working really steadily for the past several years in theater Mm -hmm. and in film. Mm -hmm. So you've worked with Little Green Pig, you've worked with Theater Delta, Mm -hmm. you've worked with Theater Theater for for Change. Change. Um, And then you've you you have you wrapped eight nine short films <laughs> yeah. in 2017 and one feature yeah. so it seems like as soon as you started getting out there it's just been one project after another yeah it's been really cool i don't know i think it's kind of one of those things where i'm the kind of person where i put my heart into everything um and i think that's like obvious when people hopefully that's obvious people see my work you know and that's kind of what helps me continue to keep getting work for example like my first show here was with bear theater it was you know really small role but i just like you know threw myself at it i was like yeah like i'm out here doing theater feels really good just to be working again and then even out of that one of the people in the audience was a film director and he was connected with someone who was in the show and was like, hey, I saw this girl in your show. Like, would you be interested in auditioning for this feature film that I'm doing? And that's how I got connected with that. Or this short film that I did last year called The Swirl. I got had an audition and I remember feeling that morning like I was like so – I felt like really discombobulated because like I was um, still kind of like putting my feet out there like in the indie film world and I like had this audition but I really loved the script it was about you know an interracial couple who's talking who's talking about um violence you know in the in the world that we live today and um I just was like man I would love to be part of this project it's super something I, I can relate to and passionate about I once I you know I booked that we shot that it went really well and then he referred me to another director for this project that I did in January, Roll Pin Punch, where I played an MMA fighter. And that was really cool because I was like training at like this Muay Thai gym and it was super, it was crazy. Got kind of jacked for it. And I'm, you know, kind of, I'm a pacifist. So it was kind of weird to like flip the script and be like really just violent. But, you know, in in film and theater, it's not real. So you just kind of throw yourself into it and just be safe and have fun, you know. Um, But, you know, like that connection was like this person was like, hey, this person might be good for your role and auditioned me and it worked out, Mm -hmm. you know. So that's kind of kind of how it's gone. Like that's kind of how the momentum is kept going. 
I think even like a couple of weeks ago, someone else had reached out to me asking me about a, you know, TV pilot series that they're, they're thinking about. And I was like, oh, cool. Like they've just seen my work, you know, or they've heard good feedback from other directors or other people that I've worked with. And so I'm really happy that it's having an impact on people and that people are, um, you know, seeing my art in that. So that's really cool. It sounds like you are not only a wonderful networker, but you're really great to work with because otherwise people wouldn't give these referrals. And the interesting thing about being in this community is that there are many opportunities, but it's also kind of a small world. Mm -hmm. Lots of people know lots of people. Mm -hmm. And so one way to get work is to work. Exactly. Exactly. Work leads to more work and showing up leads to more opportunities. It's Mm -hmm. it's interesting. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that you put your heart into your work. Mm -hmm. And in looking at the work that you've done, it seems like You've, you've done a lot around social change and social justice. We mentioned mm-hmm. Theater for Change and Theater Delta, but there were also two films I noticed. One was Aghast and mm-hmm. one was Blue Crossing. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, do you think that these themes are coming up in the work that you're doing because you're drawn to this subject matter? Or do you think that people are just doing more of this type of work? Perhaps it's both. You know, I think the universe definitely provides opportunities for you in the right time that fill certain needs and stuff. But with the way that the industry has changed so much with everyone having like, right, we all have iPhones, right? People, what was it? Sunshine was like the first movie and it was a great movie. I really enjoyed it. It uh, It went to Sundance and it was shot all on an iPhone, like six, I think. This is a couple years ago. It was crazy. It was crazy. And like, yeah, some of the shots were like, but a lot of it was just really well done. And at the end of the day, people have the opportunity nowadays to really take ownership of their artistry. And I think before it was a lot like, well, I mean, I can't even imagine what it was like, you know, back when people had like big rolls of film, like now that everything's digital, right? You can basically do a lot of stuff with like a a skeleton career, like with, you know, a couple people that are talented and skilled at their their work. I think it's really important to emphasize that like when you are creating films, you want to find the best people for those roles. At the end of the day, you came up with this idea and you want it to be done well. And so you want to get your best sound people, your best writers, your best everything. Um, And I think that's what sets people apart because there's a lot of media out there just in general, you know what I mean? But yeah, so I think in some senses, there's a lot of entertainment in this film, in this industry, there's a lot of art, and they're not necessarily the same. (laughs) And I think when you are definitely on the outside, especially, um, you know, what you're going to see in most big, like theaters, what you're going to see in theaters and what you're going to see promoted on the media is going to be mostly entertainment and um, maybe not talking about issues that are accessible to a wide audience, or at least they don't think so because they're thinking about their bottom line, right? They're thinking about making money and making, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And that's valid. We, we live in a capitalist society that, that makes sense. Um, but there's also fundamentally like the beautiful thing about art is like and media and being able to create films that could permeate to the world like Sunday Funday was in like Egypt in like Berlin like I was like people in Berlin saw my movie like that's crazy to me 
And like, there's a universal like need to express and to, to engage in conversations that are uncomfortable and to create and to connect. And I think, especially with, you know, social media and like all this stuff, like people are like wanting to see stories that are real, that are talking about the issues that they want to talk about because it's important and you realize that you're not alone and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I think that if you have a platform, you should use it um, to help people and to to promote social change. So I think, you know, I probably am biased to it because I, I am attracted to that kind of stuff. But I also think it's necessary in like the media that I'm going to do. And if I'm going to continue working simultaneously as an entertainer and an artist, I need to fill fill like all my little my little cups I guess mm-hmm. is the way to put it like you know I, I'm compassionate you know I want to get paid of course but I also want to help people you know and I, I don't think they have to be different I think that maybe you can try to find a balance in both and that's what I'm looking to do in my in my career and that's kind of how things kind of ended up happening we'll talk more about this in just a second okay. but when you were when you mentioned the film shot on an iPhone, yeah. it made me think that, you know, movies are really hard to make. Mm-hmm. And you, you know this, having made many yeah. of them, it's it's not an easy task. But mm-hmm. it also feels like there are fewer obstacles, like there, there are more access points for more people to tell the stories that mm-hmm. they have. So in some ways, this type of art is just the doors are opening to more people and more ways of storytelling in a way that's a little overwhelming because now there's so much of it, but it's also really exciting Mm -hmm. because it's just a diversity of story. Mm -hmm. And I love the ownership that people can take of their creations. So it's not trying to get other people to do your work. Right. You can do your own work. Exactly. And you can tell the story you want to tell. And so exactly. there's something that's really exciting about that. Yeah. So, so let's, yeah, let's mm-hmm. talk about film. Mm-hmm. Because as I mentioned earlier, you have done a ton of that mm-hmm. in 2017. Yeah. And you started as an actor, but then you added writer, producer, and director yeah. to the list. So <laughs> what... Has that journey been? Did you know that you wanted to be all those things? Oh my gosh, that's a great question. Um, I am very blessed to have amazing parents who both my parents are from Haiti, so I'm first generation, and um, education has always been prior numero uno in the house, and uh, you know, helping others and all that stuff has been always really, really important. And as a kid, I think. I always had maybe a little artist fire in me, but it was never really fed um, because I was really focused on my academics and my sports and all that kind of stuff. And then as I started getting like a little bit older, a little bit more trying to figure myself out, you know, like middle school-ish, I'm like, oh, like there's there's an element of of acting or theater or whatever film that I am intrigued in probably more than the average bear. And that kind of kept on growing and growing like a little seed. And, you know, junior year comes around and like it's college time. And I'm like, you know, applying for all these like schools. I'm thinking, oh, maybe maybe on one side I'm going to go to law school one day. Got to apply to, you know, these top 10 schools and make sure that I do that whole thing. And 
what I thought I I wanted to do, but I also knew deep down inside, like I'd started taking uh, drama classes my freshman year of high school and just really, really liked it, really caught on to it really quickly. And um, so I was like, well, maybe I can like check out what what acting school is like. Like maybe I can, <laughs> that's a thing that people do. Like can I get like a real degree in that though? <laughs> So I think all all of that saying is it took me a long time to even call myself an actress, an artist, let alone adding filmmaker, writer, director, like on top of that. So I think in a lot of ways, I got in my own way of exploring different sides of my artistry. I just was trying to accept that like this was a part of who I am. So when the whole filmmaking thing came along, um, that was actually like probably a couple months after I had had, um, you know, I'd moved here. A couple months later, I started trying to reach out and like, um, you know, go to auditions and stuff like that. And then um, met a former business partner of mine, actually, who we wanted to, he'd collaborated on some films. And I had like seen some of his work and was like, ah, maybe you want to make something? It's kind of like what you're saying is like you kind of sometimes you just have to make your own work. I wanted to keep working and keep creating. And so I was like, okay, maybe, maybe we can come up with an idea. Maybe, maybe after that we can come up with, you know, a shot list and maybe we can come up with, uh, you know, get some actors and all this stuff and make this happen. And I realized, because, like, I I wouldn't consider myself, <laughs> I'm probably am going to sound pretty silly, but I personally wouldn't consider myself, like, a good networker. I'm most interested in other people and, like, what they're doing, and, like, I think it's hard for me to kind of, like, put my stuff out there and be like, well, you should be working with me, you know what I mean? Like, I'm very much, like, kind of sit in the back, do good work, and then hopefully that my work will speak for itself. And especially as being a young woman in the industry, like, telling people I I, know I'm the director on this set like people who are older who've been doing it longer think that they have more you know power or whatever it may be um and I think a lot of that kind of stuff can knock you down you know and like make you like second guess yourself and not believe yourself and I think what I found in um my filmmaking work and, and exploring that is like what I do well is like I care about people and I care about their work and I care about their talents and their skills and their thoughts and their ideas. And I think if you treat people with that kind of compassion and equality of, of thoughts and feelings that people are like attracted to working with you or to pursuing something or believing in you. And I think that's how I've been able to continue to produce and, you know, believing in myself and then also believing in other people and being like, no, we're going to do this. This is going to happen. We're going to make this movie. It was a little baby seedling idea. And now it's like a whole treat and it's gorgeous and it's going to keep growing and it's just amazing. And so, you know, kind of getting out of my way, getting out of my own head, being like, no, you're, you're not a writer. You're not a writer. You know, I'm like sitting there trying to write, but I'm like, but I have an idea. Maybe I should just write it down, you know? And I think that's a lot of how I've ended up putting on those different hats, just like, just trying it and being like, you know what? You've studied this, not just from an acting perspective, but always been a bit of a film nerd, you know? And um, I've always looked at it in a very like aesthetically, like 
just a probably more cerebral way than most people, you know, kind of look at films. And I think I've learned a lot about my aesthetic and my interest in what captures a moment for me and like what is really strong, what's a strong choice and what's a powerful narrative. And I think um, kind of curating that for myself and my own artistry and my acting work and my personal, just like aesthetically enjoying artwork type of situation has given me the skills as well to to be able to look at it from like a director's point of view or to come up with, you know, a producer, try to find like as a producer, what you're doing is you're trying to find like, you're doing like everything basically, <laughs> at least in the indie film world, you know, I mean, if you're a producer and like, uh, you know, in a studio that might be different skills or you might have other people helping you, but when you're doing an independent film, like you go from like an idea to like, finishing it and all the things in between finding location, losing that location, finding a crew, finding a, you know, when is going to work? Do we have the money to do this? Do we have the right resources? Like, do we need a permit for this? I don't you know. What mm-hmm. I mean, like all those kinds of things come into play. And I think my multitasking and like my ability to kind of like juggle a lot of things and like, you know, reach out to the right people and get them excited about something, I think has helped me with a lot of those production aspects and everything. But it's not easy. I I definitely don't think it's um, for everyone to pursue. You know, I think sometimes like, if you're passionate about something, you want to stick with that one thing, like go for it, you know, and like, I'm passionate about my acting, I'm gonna keep going for it. But I also have other parts of myself that are being um, grown and to explore. And I'm also happy to continue doing that. Can you talk about a specific project Mm -hmm. that you were because there was one was it aghast where you guessed acted in the first half of the day yeah. and the second half of the day yeah, you was did crazy. some directing and did you also produce that yeah did you write it uh yeah we pretty much yeah everything we, yeah okay. I, I mean it was crazy so yeah aghast is a very um powerful piece so basically that story came out of the corinne Gaines story i'm not sure if you're familiar but um, long story short corinne Gaines was a young 23 year old mother of two who um had an altercation with the police and ended up dying. And um, there's a lot of gray in the story. And there's a lot of um, people don't like to talk about these things. (laughs) I've learned that the hard way Um, because that was one of the situations where we lost location because the person who originally given us the location was totally comfortable with it until, you know, and we'd sent them all the information um, until they felt like maybe we weren't being, we were trying to take sides in it. I don't think we really, there were problems on all sides, right? There are mistakes being made all over the place. What we're trying to do is engage in conversations so these things don't continue to happen so that people don't feel scared on both sides, right? So with the guest, found out about that story and was like, ooh, I think, I think we gotta, I think we gotta do something about this. Like, I'm so tired of hearing these stories, you know? And how many people do we have to watch this cycle continue before we can really get people to talk about it and really get people to change? And um 
so that's where that started it with was like researching that story, finding out about like, you know, looking up the videos that she was posting and like all that stuff. Yeah, it's it's intense. And so doing all that, like all of that research and then being like, all right, let's create a short film about this piece. And what do we want? How do we want it to be? How do we want it to go down? You know? My former business partner um, started writing out an outline, and then I, you know, would come in and be like, "Oof, got it. That's not gonna. That's gonna be too." You know, I was very like nervous about that that piece in general because it. I wanted to. I didn't want to shut anyone down, and I because that's not gonna help anything. Like I want it to be um, a conversation starter. It wasn't. It was based on the actual events, so it wasn't like you know. Um, I played Corinne Gaines, but I have character inspired by her. And that's an intense role. She's dealing with some issues herself in her own life, as well as the immediate issues that she's experiencing in that film. And I remember thinking, man, like, you know, I really want to do uh because we were having it, we had about like 50 people on the crew. And, um, I was like, man, this is the biggest set that I could ever, that I've been able to direct. Like, I really want to have a, a really strong voice in, um, telling this story from a directorial perspective. But also, if I'm playing Corinne Keynes, like, that's going to be super emotionally draining for the, <laughs> for me. Yes. Right. And, um, that piece, we didn't have like really any money to shoot it. A lot of things were off of, um, friends and favors like my friend let me use your place my business partners like friends let him borrow you know cop cars and stuff like that like they had connections with that like a lot of it was off of the faith and belief in the film and what we were trying to do because of that right because we didn't want to like take people out of their lives for like a you know a week or a weekend or whatever you know and not be able to like really give them any financial recompense for that obviously they have this great footage and all that kind of stuff but you know you want to pay people for their work at the end of the day um uh so because of that we shot the film in like 24 hours like wow in one day <laughs> it was intense so the first half of the day i played that character and um, the character in the movie's name was Rena. So that uh, I played her in the first half of the day. You know, we blacked out all the windows because it was daytime and it was supposed to be at night, you know. And so we had all this like beautiful light work um, done by our, our DP, Arvind. And he was really, he's really talented. And so we um, shot that in the first half of the day, took like, an hour lunch and then I put my directing hat on and shot the night scene, which is basically uh, a sprawl of different, um, there's like the police line that people are trying to like, my family's there and then the police are there and like juxtaposing all that kind of stuff and shooting all that stuff like at night having, you know, shot the first like eight hours of the day because I was on crew call, not cast call. So I was there like two hours before we even started setting up just to pre-set up, you know? So it was a lot, you know, it was a lot of intense work. And the reason that I 
it was nice to have someone kind of co-direct with me was because I wanted to do the best performance I could do without being, you know, like, oh, I hope this shot is looking the way that I want it to. You know right, what right. I you mean? Need another set of eyeballs exactly. so that you can focus on one thing at a time. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And so um, that's kind of how, why we spit it up that way. Um, and so I kind of took, took the directing helm in the last half of the day so I'd have an opportunity to like really work on that those integral like police scenes like where um you know we're talking about some pretty pretty um it's intense. significant yeah and, <laughs> yes it's so it's eight minutes yeah yeah it's about film. like and seven I, and a half yeah yeah I saw it and I was I've been thinking about it since I saw the film yeah. it's very as you mentioned an excellent conversation starter mm -hmm. and i think the length has something to do with that mm -hmm. because it it's long enough that we really get invested but it doesn't it's not so long that it tells the entire story there's mm -hmm. just not enough time to do it mm -hmm. but it was very i don't know i was, I was very moved so well, i'm glad to hear that yeah, thank yeah. you for, for making that what, absolutely what is the life of that piece i mean is it yeah so released i want to see it like just spread around. Um, I think one of the things that that we came up against with that piece was the fact that people don't want to choose sides. I don't think it has to be a thing where we choose sides. I'm going to have to raise some money to continue like to put it out on the film festival circuit because it's expensive, you know? Um, and like I said, we didn't have any money to, when he made it. So, um, you know, we put it out uh, to a couple of, festivals it um hasn't quite been picked up yet and i think that is because of the subject matter is so um palpable and it's so um divisive for some reason even though to me i just feel like uh when people are dying that you can't be indifferent about that you can't turn your eye to like injustices that continue to happen and just say that they're a one-time thing or something. I mean, there's list of names. Like, there's Philando Castile. There's there's so many people who have experienced and who have suffered and who are li living. I live in fear. You know what I mean? And like, that's not a great feeling. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't try to hurt people. I, I try to do my best, and I want to help society. And imagine that one day I could be in a situation where someone takes me the wrong way and they decide to end my life. Can we at least talk about it? You know what yes, I mean? That seems reasonable. Yes, yeah, I right? agree. And so, um, you know, in in this market, it's hard. Um, people want people want stories. I mean, I think people like Sunday Funday so much, and it played so well internationally. Not only because it had such a beautiful score, no dialogue, and was very like vis like just a visual journey, but you get to come up with all of these conclusions and it's kind of like, is it a love story? Is it like a whatever environmental story? Like what is really going on? And that's way more tangible for people, right? They want to see like that kind of stuff. But when it gets really, really dicey, it gets just very serious. It gets very serious. Yeah. And you're, you know, you're on a festival docket and they're like, well, I mean, that, that movie is going to bring everyone down. You know what I mean? Like, so, um, yeah, I mean, I hope it continues to have a life outside of, um, 
you know, my Dropbox. <laughs> you know? um, I want to keep it going out there. Um, I want to kind of figure out a good strategy for it. And I think it's also a timing thing. Um, you know, the election happened last year and that was on a lot of people's minds at the same time that we're trying to like make this peace and people's people shifted and things changed and people just choose, you know, you kind of almost have to go with like the media cycle sometimes when you talk about those kinds of things, because, you know, yeah. Blue Crossing, which is a film that I was cast in, um, you know, I didn't produce it or anything, but I have uh, one of the producers knew my work and asked me to be in this film. And um, I was just excited to see that there is another film like that that was being done that like, okay, cool. Well, it's not just me. Mm-hmm. So that's really nice. And, you know, I hope that continues to get work and like continues to spread out in the, into the film festival world. And I think if I see that, I might get a little bit more hope. I'm like, okay, maybe it's getting to the time that people already talk about this. But again, you never know, you know. The nice thing about making a film mm-hmm. Which is different than making a piece of theater, I yeah. think, is that the, once you've made the film, you have it, and it's the same. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it's going to be the same forever and ever, mm-hmm. and so you can be patient. I mean, obviously, we all want to put our work out there and mm-hmm. have it seen right away and try and make some money and all of those things, but but you can – if you need to follow the media cycle or if you need to wait mm-hmm. for the timing to be right, mm-hmm. you have that product that you can then send out at that time. Mm-hmm. Whereas when we put up a theater production, mm-hmm. it's up when it's up, it's gone. Yep. So if it didn't you know, strike people's fancy in, in those two weeks, yep. then oh well, yeah. you, know, you, just, you just missed the boat. So you have worked in theater (laughs) and now in film. What are some of the the observations you've made about the differences between those two types of work? Well, kind of along those lines that you were just mentioning about how you have like a film, when it's completed, like you can hold on to like that's a thing that exists, you know. In theater, it comes and it goes, right? Which also has its own beauty, you know, a lot of people ask me, especially people who, um, you know, aren't in this field, like, they'll ask me, like, what do you like better, like, drama acting or comma acting? And I'm like, at the end of the day, it's all acting, so I'm just happy to be doing it. <laughs> like, you know, if it has a good script, that's what really matters. Right. Um, and that's kind of how I feel about film and theater. Like, I don't really have a preference, right, when it comes to the two. They just both fulfill different parts of my artist self, I think, that I really enjoy. For example, one of the things with theater that I love is, like, when you're in a piece of theater, you are breathing the same air and you can feel like the audience like there with you, right? And like when you're working on a film set, like everyone's working, like everyone's doing their job, like people are holding the boom pole and like people are like, you got your grip running around and your DP and like, you know, you, it's like you are all doing your job, you know? And, like, so if you land something really well, yeah, you can kind of feel in the room a little bit, you know? You know, when the director's like, that was perfect, that was a shot, then, you know, that's your little tiny, like, notice that, like, that worked. But it's not the same as, like, when you're – when you – hear an audience laugh or or you know what I mean? When you're in the space with them and you're experiencing that. One of the cool things – kind of along the line of the whole media cycle thing, right? So one of the cool things that I love about theater and especially the work that, you know, get to do with Little Green Pig and stuff like that is like, it is of the moment. It is engaging like 
you know, theater is like about the society and like immediately reflecting and engaging in that. You're not going to hold on to that piece forever and like release it when when you think it's the right time. Like it is happening now. Mm-hmm. And you decided to do it now. Because exactly. Now is the time to do it. Exactly. Right? You know what I mean? And that is one of the things that I think is so invaluable about mm-hmm. theater and I think is so important. And one of the things that like kind of breaks my heart about theater sometimes is because it has be- it has become um, a, a privilege in a lot of senses, you know, we can sit on our phones and watch. If people want to put their movie on YouTube, like, you can watch that thing. You know what I mean? Like, you you can watch, like, that kind of media. But, you know, season tickets and stuff, like, a variety of people aren't really going to get the opportunities. You're going to get kind of the same audience over and over and over again unless you really make it accessible and you make engaging work that is going to intrigue people. I may have never gone like like this piece I did yes to nothing. Like I've had so many people have positive feedback, but we're like, you know, around my age or like people who just happen to be there or people who would never have would and maybe have never been to a theater. Like right. in their because life. Because this was, this was a piece that was mm-hmm. um, performed in clubs. In rock, yeah, in, yeah, we, we in, performed in venues. Yeah. Right. So this was the music piece, venues. Right. Music venues mm-hmm. in Raleigh and Chapel Hill and Durham. So mm-hmm. you all captured people who already were planning to be there. Exactly. And then you just happened to experience a play. Yep. Yeah, which is so cool because it's like they're sitting, you know, they're sitting on a bar on like a Thursday night and they're just thinking it's like whatever, you know, next thing you know, they see all these like eight punk rock women come out just like being like debaucherous and amazing. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I had so many people and I actually still, I had a a Girls Rock NC show a couple weeks ago and even then someone had told me that they had seen me in Yes to Nothing. And after like after that process, like I had so many people in the community, you know what I mean? People who live around that were just like, hey, like that work like really impacted me. Hmm. And like I would not have seen it otherwise. That is just so cool, I think. And um yeah, you can do the same thing with film too, but there's just so much out there that it's like, how are you going to find that like one gem piece and like the millions of stuff? But if there's, you know, just a couple of different theater pieces going on and you kind of hear through the grapevine, like this show might be really cool. You're going to engage your immediate like community in that. And that is really cool. Like that's really awesome. And I, um, I appreciate that. But on the other side, you have film where you can engage the entire world. You can reach to you know Samoa or so you can go as far and wide as you want with your work so they both have such great elements like I I love I love the ability in film to really take ownership of my work as, as an actor um because unlike in theater where you're like rehearsing and you're talking to the director all the time and you're talking to your other scene people like a lot of times you show up on set and like this is the first time you're meeting anybody mm-hmm. first time you're meeting the guy you're supposed to be in love with and the person who's telling you what to do and the per- you know someone's like on your leg trying to move your mic pack and like oh hi hey there but you got to come prepared because everyone's there working and so all of your character work and all of that stuff is on you as a nerd actor <laughs> like that is like that's like my stuff right there. I'm like, ooh, I'm gonna go through my script and like figure out all my beats and like, you know. And of course, the director can give me direction on the opposite end when I get on set. Who knows? But 
you know, I have the skills to be able to like shift enough, but I still know my character and I still know what their life is in a different way than, you know, when you're like working on it all the time. And yeah, it's just, it's just a balance. It's just different, different um, mediums. It's like sculpting and like painting or something, you know? So, yeah. I haven't done as much film as I have done of theater, but Mm -hmm. I, took me a while to figure out <laughs> how to approach the film stuff because I yeah. was so used to having these lengthy rehearsals where you sort of build up mm-hmm. to the character and you don't have that time. So you have to come in with st- some strong choices and make mm-hmm. and take a point of view and do your thing. Mm-hmm. There's no like building up. And mm-hmm. as you say, people are there to work. They're not there to help you be the best actor you can be <laughs> yeah. and help you, you know, tease out this character and mm-hmm. stuff like that. You have to really bring it from the get-go. Yep. And the first couple of times that I did that, I would go home at the end of the day and think, oh, I should have, you know, I should have made this choice mm-hmm. sooner. I should have mm-hmm. done this. And um, it was, it's been a really interesting learning experience because in some ways, at least for me, in some ways you really do have to take control of certain aspects and in other ways you have to let go of control. So when I'm on stage, I have a pretty good sense of where people are looking and how I can be seen by the audience Mm -hmm. and sort of the rhythm. Like I feel like I have control of the rhythm of the scene Mm -hmm. that I'm in, but in film, I don't even know what's being shot sometimes. It's like, are you looking at my eye? Are you looking at my full body? Like sometimes you get that information. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you have a sense of what camera's on you and sometimes you don't. And then it goes into editing and then you have no control over like what remains. Oh my gosh, And so that kind of letting go of control Mm -hmm. was really interesting to me. And then also that feedback that you're talking about, whereas I feel like, you know, when you perform for an audience, you're like, okay, I it worked. It didn't work. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes at the end of the day on the film, I'm like, okay, so I'm. <laughs> I hope that was. Fine. I hope that was good. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm going home now. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the applause? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's such a weird. It's a very different. Like, who am I acting for? Like, right, right. You know, you're sort of sending this out into the void. Yeah, <laughs> they're really funny. It so. is. It's really funny, and like, you know, I don't know. That's kind of one of the cool. Th- that's kind of one of the cool things that I really like about film is the fact that you do have so much control of your own, you know, journey in that way. I think it takes a lot of practice, right? So, cause it's like, sometimes it's like, you know, one of my girlfriends, um, she's a model and she's been trying to get into the film and she was asking me for some tips and stuff. And she was like, how do you not just get distracted by the fact that, like everyone's staring at you that you just like, dead faced, you know what I mean? And <laughs> just doing their job and you're supposed to be this character and like go into this place and you know and like be really raw emotionally and- <laughs> Exactly, 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 you know, and like experience all this and then cut, hold it, hold it, but like don't hold it too much in between takes because then you're gonna bring yourself out, right? You gotta hold it enough so that you can dive right back into it, right? And that's like it's such a difficult thing to negotiate. There's a lot of, like, nuance that comes to film in the way that, like, it is less organic. Like, it's much more technologically forward. Like, right, theater has, like, been been doing – like, people have been doing theater for, like, ever. Like, right. once people could talk and, like, stand, like, they were doing theater. And, and film has a lot of those aspects, but it's also very – 
technologically heavy. And like you said, I mean, a lot of the story is told with the editing and I've definitely, you know, in my early work, like, you know, I've experienced like great times on set. Like, oh my God, the script was awesome. I had so much fun and I trusted them to do their job well (laughs) because everyone seemed like we were doing our jobs, like me and the other actors. And then I see the film and I'm just like, cringing and I'm just like I can't look I, what, what, why did you not my experience what, you, what happened what is going on yeah. but you have to kind of let go of it you know what I mean you just have to be like like when I'm off of a set like I pretty much until I hear that it's out of post-production like I'm just like I can't hold on to that anymore that is done I did my job I you know got like got my stuff done, made sure that I was done as well as I could in that day, you know, because it's all you can do is do your best work is in that moment. And then you just kind of have to like, just like walk away. Like, be like, yeah, I'll, I'll see it. Maybe, maybe I won't. <laughs> like there's, there's a definitely- lag time too. There's a pretty big lag time. Oh between, yeah. Like when you, when you wrap and when you see the film. Oh right? my goodness. Yeah. I mean, that feature film that I did, um, The Last in Line, um, which is an awesome film, sci-fi fantasy piece, just like so much of my like geek self was just like stoked on this piece because it's we're actually gonna be going to a, a couple different cons and stuff and dressing in character and like being I think we're gonna be at Con Carolinas actually is gonna be our first one and we're gonna be on a panel and talk about the the film and stuff and have these little like action figures that are made <laughs> for What's us. it called? The Last in Line. Yeah, it's it's a cool um like sci-fi piece um about this like militia group basically in the midst of a battle. But anyway, so that was shot in November, right? Of last year. And it is now April and it probably won't be out of post-production until maybe November. You know what I mean? Like a year because it's, you know, there's so much special effects. It'll probably take that long, you know? I mean, it's 90 minutes of like, you know, editing and putting it all together and color correcting and adding all the, the booms and the, you know, the arrows and all that stuff. So it's probably going to be about a year of, yeah. of post-production right there. I mean, on a short film, you can be, depending on where it is in the editor's docket and the director's docket, because, you know, if you're doing a, a passion project, you might have to put that down on the list when you're working freelance and you're having to, like, do other stuff. But that could probably still be six months of post-production, you know? So you, it, yeah, you you have to let it go when you're waiting that long for the prod, project to come out. Mm-hmm. And then you see it and like, I always cringe a little bit seeing myself on film. Oh my God. I'm just like, ah, oh, then my voice and I'm like, oh, what's going on? So Do I really sound like that? Like this, But it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> just don't be overly critical. Um, well, with theater, you never need to watch. Yeah, you never need to watch the DVD. Exactly. Right? Yeah, <laughs> the, you the literally take of the show like you never need to see it, and but... <laughs> nobody watches it. Like... That's right. <laughs> that's so that's so funny. It is. You know, I can see why you would feel the urge to take control um, from a directorial point mm-hmm. of view and, and production and um, and writing point of view with film because, as you mentioned, it is it's just technical in a really different way. Yeah. than theater mm-hmm. is, and the the actors are are vital and i mean i think being a film actor is really challenging mm-hmm. but it is a different way it's it's a different position in the storytelling yeah. of that medium exactly so 
even, you know, for me, just thinking about like the consistency between takes and hitting your mark and, you know, being aware of those Mm -hmm. kinds of things and Mm -hmm. shooting things out of order. And it's just a different way of telling the story. Mm -hmm. So I do think that a lot of that storytelling is done by the editor, by the director, um, exactly by the producer, you know, um, so I can see why you would be interested in stepping into those into those roles. Mm-hmm. I've sat with the editor and been like, I'm, you know, I'm sitting there being like, no, I'm pretty sure it's this take that I liked, you know, like I'm pretty sure it's that that was the one. Okay. Like, can we do something on the color on this? Like it's too green. Can we make it more blue? Like I love that kind of stuff. And like, that is so cool to be able to do as in a filmmaking position, like have that much control over the entire vision mm-hmm. especially when it's your vision you know and it's um or you and your collaborators because there's always collaborators you know there's always a team you know it takes a village for sure mm-hmm. but at the end of the day it's like you're putting your stamp on like this is my piece that i did you know like everyone knows the you know like Guillermo del toro or martin scase like everyone knows the director right yeah. because that yeah. was you know, they may not know the editor, even though the editor is just as vital to everything else that happened in the story. But people know the director. Like, yeah. they remember that. And so you really have to put your stamp on it and be proud of the work that you've done and know that you've, like, done everything that you can, you know? I can't not ask about okay. the MMA Yes. Film. Oh my God. So MMA is, that's mixed martial arts. Mixed right? martial okay, arts. Yes. yes. I'm, so, I'm so, like, out of the loop. Yeah, but me too. I'm, don't I'm intrigued because. Yes. You had to train for this. I did. Well, I also, my actor nerd self is going to train for it. You know what I mean? Most people outside of the industry, like uh, I was talking to my friend about this the other day and he was talking about um, the machinist and the Christian Bale and how he like dropped all this weight for it. And then he like did Batman like two years later and got really jacked for it. And people were like, oh my God, I can't believe it. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of the job. Like I'm not saying that it's not a little bit masochistic but it's also part of the job right so if i'm gonna play a character who is a fighter like i need to look like a fighter i need to know how to fight like that is my job uh so it was called roll pin punch and um my director was this really cool lady debbie vu and she's really awesome to work with she actually had done a little bit of boxing in her past so she had fr- she was friends with the owner owner of this this Muay Thai gym in Durham actually and um and so she was like hey we're gonna do the choreography because the other so the other lead actress in the film lives in Atlanta oh, okay. right okay so but we were shooting in North Carolina I went to the gym and like met the trainer who was like teaching me the choreography for it. And, like, even before that, I had started, you know, kind of – I do yoga, like, pretty much every day. But I was trying to do more, like, cardio stuff, like, strength building just so I wouldn't get my butt kicked, mm-hmm. like, when I went to the gym because I knew I was going to be training with I, – I think I did, like, three days in a row and I had to take a break because my body was just beat up. Like, I was in so much pain. <sighs> I mean, MMA is so intense because – so it's mixed martial arts in the sense that, like – there's almost nothing that's illegal. Like you're using every part of your body to hurt that other person. Like you want them to go down as soon as possible. Cause then you're in less pain. Right. <laughs> but like also like you're both like, it feels like when you're really in it, 
because he would mess with me. Like I had never, I've never been in a physical like fight with anyone where they were trying to beat me up. And so, you know, he like taught me how to take a punch. Like he, he taught me how to like protect myself. He taught me how to like, how to really go after someone um, in the way that you have to. And um, I think because also like, like I had, you know, some fight training and like got like society of, uh, SAFD, Society of American Fight Directors, certified back in college, but it was different to work with someone who who isn't trying to like pull any punch, you know? Yes, he's like for real. He's like actually, yeah. you know, like I have bruises. Like yeah. I'm just like, oh my god. I'm like, do you want to be a little softer? Maybe <laughs> I'm <I'll."> acting, but <laughs> you're not. <laughs> like, like maybe we don't have to make contact. No, no, we're gonna make contact. It's gonna hurt. I would have so I had bruises in places like and everywhere. Did like the first three days we were learning the choreography and we recorded it for the actress down in Atlanta so that she could start learning the choreography. And then I was like, you know what? I don't feel good enough to to just sit on this and be like, well, now that I know the choreography, I'm just going to wait until we shoot. Mm. I'm going to keep training. So um, I told my director that actually I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to keep going to that gym, like try to like check out. And she was like, Oh, we should do Groupon. Like they have like this like deal for this like month. She ended up buying it for me for Christmas, which was very nice. sweet. That's so she really got nice. me like unlimited classes for a month. And so yeah, I just started going a couple times a week to the gym and just different classes like Muay Thai, like one or like, you know, beginning martial you know, mixed martial arts and learn with different trainers and like work with people and be like, yeah, I'm just trying to trying to get good at this so I look real once we're doing it, you know? And it also did empower me in a lot of ways. Like, I think as a small statured woman, I think a lot of the times people feel like they can just, like, come over and pick you up or push you down or whatever. Yeah, you know what it's like. And so to feel like, man, if somebody wants to do that, like, I can can make them not do that again (laughs) i'm not saying that i would use that but it's good to know you know it just gives you a little bit more of a sense of confidence like man like i learned how to like flip anyone like any size like over my back if they came up behind me and like tried to grab me and i was like man that is cool i'm like you can kick butt (laughs) you know how did it go when you actually did the shooting? Did oh, my God. like that was – I felt like it was super helpful um, when I met the actress because, you know, she was down in Atlanta and she came up for the weekend to shoot. We shot it over, like, three days, I believe. And um, one day was just, like, the fight stuff and, like, one day was all the, like, emotional, like, back – like, story of our characters and, like, their worlds and why they're – they've come into this ring in the first place. But – I remember um, they were like, yeah, she's been, you know, boxing for a while. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be so intimidated by her. Like, <laughs> it's going to be so intense. And we started sparring and she was like, oh, I saw the video. And I, I remember seeing the the video of me, like, doing the choreography, like, in the beginning. And I thought I looked like <laughs> like a deer that had just been born. Like, I felt so awkward. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, my God, girl, you got to get up on your game. And she was like, no, like, I thought it was really good and i was like really okay oh she was like you look like you know what you're doing i was like phew that's good (laughs) i'm pulling it off um 
And so, you know, I kind of told her, I was like, yeah, I've been training. Like, if you need any, like, I've been very lucky to have this, like, access to this gym. And, like, if you need anything, like, let's do this together, you know? Like, she's my fight partner. Like, I'm I'm here for you. In between the stuff or, like, before we started shooting, we, like, practice a little bit. And, like, you know, we kind of help each other on our form and, like, being, you know, just really engaged and, and active in it. Um, that day of shooting, though, oh, my gosh. I could not move like the next day because you're doing like, you know, when you're doing film, you're doing multiple takes yeah, over and over. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's definitely they took a lot of things into um, safety with an amazing DP, Andrew Bradford, who did a beautiful job. And he, you know, he and our director were always looking out for our safety and being like, OK, do you want to take a break from that? We can, we'll, we'll try not to do, we'll try to do this and cut right before they flip you and (laughs) slam you on the ground. And then we'll only hopefully have to do that once or twice, you know? So they were really, you know, accommodating about it, but it was, yeah, it was, it was a physical journey for sure. I get why people get so jacked because like you need muscles to like cushion your falls and your punches and stuff. So it was really cool though. And I'm I'm excited to see that film for sure. I have a couple of clips that they they sent me, like behind the scenes stuff. And yeah, it's gonna look really cool. And it's a piece about these like two women who really find their voice and their power and their strength. And I mean, that alone is a cool story to tell. So having some awesome fight scenes in it is also gonna be really cool. So I'd like to know what is next for you in some of these films that you're talking about that are in process. Mm-hmm. Do you have a sense of when we can see them? Like what's, what's on uh, the yeah, horizon? Yeah. Um, all right. So I know Blue Crossing, we had our premiere, um, was it two weekends ago um, at Mission Valley Cinema in Raleigh? That was really cool. But I know they're keeping that pretty tightly on lock for the film festival circuit. I think the swirl uh, is also being – Brought around to the film festival circuit as well. Um, that director, uh, Rain Bennett is also, well, he just had a baby. So he's a little like tied up with that, obviously, right now. He's, he's a really amazing guy. Yeah. Yeah. But I know that he's also wanting to create a feature film and like he's kind of using this as like a jump off point to like kind of make that happen. So perhaps at the end of this year, you know, when things die down a little bit, cause it was like two weeks ago that he had a baby. So. Last in line, like as I said, uh, you know, we're I know they're gonna be starting a, a crowdfunding campaign, I think, for some of the um special effects stuff. And I know that we're gonna be doing a little bit of like con tours and stuff like that. And they also wanted to have um a premiere of it. So perhaps that might be maybe as soon as like the end of this year, early next year, I could definitely see that happening. And I'm, I'm roll pin punch. I know is also in post-production, maybe another six months for that to come out. Diamond um, is also in post-production. So a lot of this stuff is in post-production right now. I know gut punched, which is a film that I had a very small role in as a horror film. And um, that is going around the film festival circuit as we speak. And it's done pretty well in the, in the horror genre. Things are coming out slowly but surely, you know, when when you're not producing it, it's like you really don't know until people tell you. But I know that all of that stuff is going to, you know, once it's ready to go, there'll be like some sort of like shout out to like get people to come, get people to support and stuff like that. So, And how can people 
find out about you? They can go to my website, um, MaxineElwa.com, M-A-X-I-N-E-E-L-O-I.com. You can check out my Instagram, and that is um, Max Sun Love, M-A-X-S-U-N-L-O-V-E. Um, and that has a lot of like uh, my behind the scenes shots, like projects that I'm working on. Also, like my hula hoop videos because I like to hula hoop in my free time to like, you nice. know, fly free and everything. And um, so all that kind of stuff is going to be found on my Instagram and my website. So last question: mm-hmm. If someone listens to this and they think, "Oh, I want to, I want to do all these films," <laughs> you know, how what would you recommend that mm-hmm. that, that person do if they've never done it before i would suggest taking a class um by someone you trust that is well vetted because there's you definitely want to do that um you know i think it's important to always be learning and growing and to know that you don't know everything just because you've seen a bunch of movies take a class learn some basic like stanislavski stuff like learn some 101 so that you have a little bit more confidence and when people um believe in you because that's what they're doing when they're casting you and stuff they're believing that you're going to deliver for them like you want to be able to do that and so you've got to trust yourself and and i think a great place to start is with good training um and i think that helped me a lot also, you know, if you don't have the means or the access to, you know, learning, like taking a class or anything like that, you know, just doing your research, checking out what's going on in the area with other filmmakers, like, like being a PA on a set, like one, like, that's really important. You get to see what is it like to be on set? Like, who do you want to be on set? Who don't you want to be on set? Because you will see that, you know what I mean? And believe in yourself like trust your artistry tell the stories that you want to tell that that really excite you you know because you're gonna have way more success like personally and out in the world if you just follow like your heart you know and you trust that that artist voice in yourself that is telling you that you need to create like is ready to grow and be out there and to spread and to talk to people and to ask people um, what interests them or like, you know, people that maybe you don't have that much in common with, like what their favorite movies are, what they like to do, like figuring that kind of stuff. At the end of the day, like as just a person in the world, um, I think if you have dreams, like do everything you can to make them come true. Stay positive, keep your dreams alive, keep your hopes alive, keep challenging yourself, um, believe in yourself, and find people around you who believe in you too and who trust you and who who are generous and kind spirits and who can just be there for you. And I think that's really like what you can do and um, the universe will provide and it'll show you and even if you don't think that it's like the right path at the time like you know kind of going way back full circle to when I first moved here and I was like I don't know what I'm gonna do sometimes like that's exactly what you need just like swerve in this direction and then all of these like fruits of labor like just start coming at you and you're just like wow like now I think I'm on the right path because things keep kind of lining up so if that happens like go for it you know just really go for it thank you 
you so much. Thank you. It's I really appreciate it. Oh my gosh, and it's been a pleasure, Tamara. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Artist Soapbox is a listener-supported podcast. You can support the podcast by sharing it with a friend, going to our Facebook page, and visiting our site on patreon.com slash artist soapbox to send a few dollars a month our way. Thanks so much for listening, and we're out. <laughs>